Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. today. Let's look at Psalms chapter 56. Psalms chapter 56. And uh, let's look at verse number one. And I'm going to try my best to preach to you what the Lord is. I feel definitely that the Lord has laid on my heart for us today. And I want to say thank you to all the all my friends that are here. And uh, glad that you are in the house of God with us today. Psalms number 56 verse number one. And um, the word says, be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresseth me. Mine enemies would daily swallow me up. For they be many that fight against me, O thou most high. What time I am afraid, I will trust in the Lord. Now let's skip down to verse number 8. The scripture says, Thou tellest my wonderings, put thou my tears into thy bottle. Thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? Let's put our Bibles down. Let's lift our hands toward heaven and ask God for his help today. God, I love you today. I pray, God, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost this morning. I pray, God, that you would anoint our hearts, our spirits to the understanding and knowledge of your word, God, where we could receive what you would have for us today. I trust in you. It's not in me. It's not in any ability that I have, God, but it's in the power and the glory of the Holy Ghost today. Move in this house. I pray God that you would break chains. That you would set free the captive. And we'll praise you. Let's praise him together right now. In Jesus name. Hallelujah. 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 Now everybody stretch real good. You feel good? Come on stretch. You can be seated for the next hour and a half. <clears throat> I'm glad to have my my son-in-law here, man, on the front seat. I got a good target right there. He needs a lot of preaching. And uh, I'm glad that he's here with us today. And um, I want to to talk to you from this subject today. And uh, I I got a few things I want to talk to you about before I get to uh, the point that I'm headed to. But I want to talk to you from this subject, the bottle... Of past pain, the bottle of past pain. As I, I I think about this time of the year, you know, New Year's resolutions are are great things. I, I was just disappointed when I was reading in the paper the other day, and they said New Year's resolution on an average lasts two weeks, and when we are Making new New Year's resolutions usually in one of those is always to lose weight and to get in better shape. And um, I've already made that resolution about three times. This is the third day of the year, so I'm still working on it. After this meeting, I'm going to take care of that problem. <clears throat> but I think we got another meeting next week and then another one the next weekend. So it'll be after January. And then, well, February's pretty big. I, I don't know when we're going to take care of that problem. But we, we are into making New Year's resolutions. But this year is a little bit different than the past year. It's a little bit different than last year. And uh, the way that it is different, this is not only the passing of a year, but it is the passing of a decade. Now, on an average... People don't, don't see but seven decades pass in a lifetime. And so if you live a good full life, you might, you might get to see a few more. But at 
at probably the most, it would be somewhere around seven to eight decades that passed. And in a decade, we know is, is ten years, so in ten years a lot of things happen that we forget about. And a lot of things pass that, that it just seems to slip our mind. I want to go over some of those things. I, I did this Sunday morning, so a lot of the folks are saying, oh, oh we're hearing the same thing. But it's different. Let me, let me uh, get to where I'm going. But, but these are things that happened, just a few things that happened in this decade. How many's got an iPad today? How many owns an iPad? And so the iPad, do you believe that it was created and first introduced in April of 2010? And so it seems like it's something that we have had all of our lives. And so we have forgotten lots of times what has been created just in a decade. In 2000, April of 2011... It says that millions tuned in to the royal wedding of Prince William and Kate Middleton. October of 2010, this was a great invention that some of you cannot live without. It does, I don't understand you know, how, how people made it before October of 2010. But in October of 2010, Instagram was introduced. To, the, to the, the Pentecostal church. <laughs> and trust me, church has never been the same since. <laughs> there is things that have been uh, posted that, Lord, I don't know how people lived before they were able to post all of these things. And uh, so that happened in October of 2010. December uh, 21st, 2012, people was preparing for the world to end on that date. How many remember that? 2012, December the 21st, everyone was preparing. There was a great rush across the world that the world was coming to an end. But we are still here today. September 2013. A great little catchy tune was released that has stayed in the minds of many people. And you can remember it right now. Does anybody know what the fox says? And so what does the fox say was a very popular tune that was released. And uh, so in March of 2014... The Malaysian airliner with 239 people on it suddenly disappeared out of the sky. Since then, I think it was just a few months ago, they have discovered parts of the plane and have decided that it was a pilot that took it down intentionally. July the 14th, how many ever did this or how many remembers it? The ice bucket challenge. People were posting their pictures of taking the ice bucket challenge. And uh, it was originated to raise money for Lou Gehrig's disease, I believe it was. February 2015. Now, I know all of you probably seen this and looked at it, and there's probably still a discussion on what color was the dress really. Was it black and blue or was it white and gold? Now, for all of you that have not made up your mind and don't know, it was black and blue. So, <laughs> uh, so these are things that happened in June of 2015. The Supreme Court come to the conclusion that same-sex marriage was okay. And it was legalized in the U.S., but let me stop for a moment and say this. It may be legalized in the U.S. It may be recognized to the majority of the world. But it has never been legalized according to the word of God. Yeah. 
2016 of July, the world went crazy walking around with their cell phone. I know it's right here somewhere. I, I see it. I'm close. I'm close. Pokemon Go was introduced. Some of you still walking around with your cell phone like this all the time. I'm not sure what you're looking for, but I hope you find it. Now, and, and then, how many remembers this one? In, in 2017 of May, everyone was walking around doing this. The fidget spinner. Woo, boy, that relieved pressure. It relieved tension. It caused you to forget about all your problems. Every supermarket you went in, our supermarket, every 7-Eleven, well, that one's out of date, too. Every junior food market, well, that one's about closed, too. But every, every um, uh, quick stop had the fidget spinner. I asked, I, first one I ever seen, a little boy walked up with me and he had, I said, what? He had it at church. He was fidgeting while I was preaching. And uh, so he had that fidget spinner and he was working that fidget spinner over. I said, what in the world is that? He said, it's a spinner. I said, okay. I said, what does it do? Dummy me. He said, it spins. I said, okay, what's it for? He said, to spin. About that time, I just quit asking questions. And so I've I seen people walking around with these things. Well, they told me it relieved stress. So you know what I did? I got me a fidget spinner. And I went and sat down on the altar. No, I did not really. And so the fidget spinner. But now, you know, I, I don't know if you can find one anywhere anymore. They just fads that that pass away. And then in 2019, January 2019, the most diverse class of lawmakers in U.S. history was sworn into Congress. A record number of women, a record number of people of color, a record number of those who support LGBTQ, representatives, the first Native American woman, the first Muslim woman was sworn in to the U.S. Congress. They carried their stuff and they moved to Washington, D.C. There's just one thing a lot of them forgot, and that was their brain. Now, these are things that, that happen in this decade. So lots of things have happened, lots of things we have forgotten, lots of things that we are glad they quit happening, and a lot of things we're glad that we have forgot. And when you think about your life in this decade of what has happened and what actually has taken place, some of you think a decade lasts forever because you're very young. Let me tell you, as you get older, time speeds up. And it goes faster and faster and faster and faster. The scary part about it is I've already seen about three of my decades or four of my decades. I only got a couple, three more left to go. But there are things that have happened. Some things that have happened have been good. Some things that have happened have been great. Some things that have happened we will never forget. Some things that have happened in this decade we would like to press on and move on and leave it in the decade and move on to this new year. Remembering the past is very important. Brother, Brother Shoemake talked to us a little bit about that last night, but there's some more to his message that he left with us last night. Is remembering the past accomplishments are necessary. But in remembering the past accomplishments, we cannot get stuck in the past. And as God would have them to build those monuments, as long as they were going and conquering, 
And as long as they were working, working for God and conquering the land, everything was going well. But when they found a place that they just wanted to sit back and relax, that's when the enemy started taking control of the children of Israel. So we cannot get stuck in the past, but we must always remember the past. And I come to tell you today, contrary to some people's opinion, the best days of Pentecost and the apostolic movement is not behind us. Well, that was kind of weak. Let me try that again. The best days are not behind us. If we start thinking the best days are behind us, we have nothing to look forward to in the future. But we're living on past miracles. Amen. I tell you today, there's people in here that can pray the prayer of faith. If you need the snakes to move out of the water, God can do it for you and your name should be wrote on a monument. Amen. Amen. You see, sometimes... When we start talking about the past, and I think it's good to talk about the past and talk about things that God done yesterday, is we get the feeling that we can never live up to past accomplishments. But we can live up to what they did. The Bible said, now, now how, many, how many believe Acts chapter uh, 2 and verse number 38 and 39. Is there anybody in here who believes that? Talking about the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And, and the Bible says that this promise is unto you and to your children. So it's a continuation. Well, the world, the church world that does not believe that says it's not for us today. That was just for the apostles and the book of Acts. But we say there is no end because it says that that it is a promise unto you and to your children. And there is, there is a beginning date, but no ending date. Now, now let me say this to you. In John chapter 14 and verse number 14. If you believe that, you must believe this also. If ye shall ask anything in my name. I will. Not I may do it. Not I can do it, not I used to do it, but I will. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Skip on, or let's, let's go back a little bit to John 14 and 12. And this is Jesus. He said, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? The works that I do shall he do also. And greater. Everybody say greater. Greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. Now, I, I, I do not see an ending to that. I see that continuing on even until this point in our life. In, in 2020, January, what is it, the 3rd? That that is still continuing on today. That God is still healing the sick. He can still open blind eyes. He's still setting free the captive. He's still breaking the chains of sin. He still fills people with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And contrary to a lot of people's opinion, there are still people that are living for God right now. Amen. 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 So don't get the idea... That yesterday was good, but our future is not looking too bright. What you've got to understand is like the preacher was preaching last night. Dedication makes all the difference in the world. 
Amen. When they thought that they had the greatest ball player in the world, there's another one that rises up, that scores more points, that runs faster, that's stronger than the previous. When they think that's the greatest, there's another greater coming. And I want to tell you, when you start thinking about yesterday and how great yesterday was and how powerful yesterday was, that's good, but don't get stuck in yesterday. The future is still beyond us. God still has revival. God's still filling people with the Holy Ghost. God's still moving in our churches today. Amen. 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 Now, I, I, I want to try to get to where, where I want to go. People, people try to hide things from God. And we find this, that that in the very beginning it was the the nature of man in the fall of the garden that that Adam and Eve tried to hide themselves from God. And then we find it when Achan took of the accursed thing, he tried to hide things from God. God knew where it was all the time. God knew where Adam and Eve were all the time. God didn't need Adam and Eve to confess what they did. He just wanted them to confess what they did. Amen. Because he knew what they had done. And he knew what Achan had done. And all all through the word of God, you can find where people try to hide things. People try to hide their failures. People try to hide their flaws. That's the reason why people try to wear things to cover up their flaws. That's the reason why people try to put on makeup is to cover up their flaws. That's the reason why people try to dye their hair to cover up who they really are and to make you think there's something other than what they are really down on the inside. So people try to cover up and hide things. I I can remember people now, there's a little different movement about this in the world today. It's like if you have a scar, show it to the world now. But it used to be that if you had something, if you had... If you had a deformity, you would try to cover that up. And I, I think about the man that, that came to church. In Matthew chapter 12, it tells us a story about a man that had a withered hand. Now, there's some things very important about this. Number one, he had a problem. Number two, he was at the church. Number three, there was a man called Jesus that just happened to be at the house of God that day. But this man, I, I, I feel like he just walked in there and he had, he had that hand that was withered kind of covered up. He didn't want anybody to see who he really was. He didn't want anybody to see what was really going on with him. But what did Jesus say to him? This is something that Jesus said. And he told him, he said in Matthew chapter 12 and verse number 13, Then saith he to the man, Stretch forth thine hand. Put out your good hand. No. He said, Stretch forth thine hand. Before he could get a miracle, he had to show God the problem. God always shows up where there's a problem. Amen. Everybody wants to see a miracle. Everybody, how many like how many like to have somebody see somebody raised from the dead today? You'd like to see that? All right. We'd all like to see that. Now, who wants to volunteer to die? We want to see the miracle, but we don't want to feel the pain. We want to see God do something great. We want to see God open the blind eyes, but nobody wants to be blind. We want to see God do something. And then if we have a deformity in our body or in our spirit, we hide it from the one that can control it, the one that can fix it. And we walk around acting like we really don't have a problem at all. When really we got a terrible problem that only God can fix. Tears are something that that are amazing that that they are god given god's blessings they 
They provide a moisture between our eyes and our eyelids that they need, that they must have. There was no moisture there. Our eyelids would rub our eyeballs and and we would wind up blind because we have to have that moisture. Tears are called by caused by emotions. Emotions cause people to shed tears. People cry when they're happy. People cry when they're excited. But for the most part, tears come and are associated with pain and they are associated with grief. I can remember a few years ago, my my daughter got married and uh, uh, one of our friends with we were talking to them, and, and my wife said, are, are y'all coming to the wedding? They said, oh, yeah. I said, we wouldn't miss it for the world. And she said, well, we're glad you come. I said, oh, I said, we're coming because I want to see Brother Looper cry because there's nobody that can laugh like him, and there's nobody that can cry like him. I guess we are all emotional people, and when we, when we are happy we cry and when we are when we are excited we cry when you're mad you cry i'm reminded of one one man and um, some of his grandkids are here today but brother gary pullman was in stuttgart and he was telling us a story about one time he was uh he was in this place before he before he got got a hold of god or god got a hold of him and uh, in a place he should not have been but he had got an argument with these guys and so uh, Two or three guys hemmed him up in the corner. And uh, he said, man, said he was just going to get a, a whipping of his life. And said he was shaking. And, and uh, he said, man, said I was a grown man. He said, but I was backed up in the corner. Three guys coming at me going to work my motor over. He said, and I started crying. And they started laughing. And I started shaking. And I started crying. And uh, he said, said, the guy said, well, what are you, you big baby? You crying because of what we're going to do to you? He said, no. He said, why well, I'm crying. He said, I'm scared about what I'm about to do to you guys. So life is full of emotions. So sometimes you can let your tears work in the right direction for you. The Bible says in Psalms 56 and verse number 8, thou tellest my wonderings. Put down my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? David, and in our let's look at this. In, in, in biblical times, years and years ago, they said that it was ancient customs for mourners to collect their tears in a bottle, to put it in the tomb of the departed loved ones. Are in some cases on the ground, on the grave, as an offering. Uh, they said the Persians' priest, Persian priest, would collect mourners' tears in cotton swabs, and they would squeeze them into a tear bottle, preserving them with great care, because the Persians believed this: that when all medication had failed. A drop of a tear taken orally would revive a dying man. So tears and tear bottles was a very popular thing back in early times. David said this about God. That he was so convinced about how much that God loved him and loved his people. That David, according to Psalms 56, that David believed that God recorded every minute detail about life. That he never forgot what any child of his was going through. He never forgot any tear that was shed because God had a tear bottle that he would collect those tears in the bible tells us a story in luke chapter 7 verses 36 through 50 it tells us a story about a woman the bible does not give us any detail about who she was 
does not tell us her family background, does not even give us her name. This woman is not to be confused with Mary Magdalene. It is not to be confused with Magdala. But this woman was a totally different woman because it happened in a different place. That the Bible only says this in describing her. It says, Behold a woman in the city which was a sinner. When she knew that Jesus was at meat and fair at a Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. Now, in this scripture reading, the Bible says nothing about a tear bottle here. Uh, just this past summer, we were we had the opportunity to go to Israel, and um, <clears throat> while we were there, we had a guide that was taking us around and showing us things, and uh, he was continually talking about ancient history and about biblical history, and um, we come through this town. Where this happened. I, I don't even believe that the bus stopped at this particular spot. He just said this is the area where this story happened. And he began to tell us a little bit about this story. It says, the Bible says that she washed his feet with her tears. It says that this woman was a sinner. And this is where I got this thought from. He said that in ancient time they had a tear bottle. Now the people that were professional mourners were not always the people of the higher class society members. They were a lot of times the downtrodden. It seemed to be that the rich folks would hire the mourners to come. The more mourners you had at your funeral or at your sad occasion was it was determined by and that would determine how popular that you were in real life he said so mourners when uh they would get paid to do this and so mourners would go and when something would happen in their life they had what they call a tear bottle and uh it had this little lip on it here and when they would be crying from sadness grief or pain they would take the tear bottle and put it right up under their their eye and catch the tears for the day that they were called to hire out to be hired to mourn over certain situations and so they would have these tear bottles saved up to where if they couldn't get up a good cry i guess maybe they knew the guy that died and didn't really care for him and it's hard to cry for somebody you don't care for and uh, so they would have these tears and they could drop them down their cheeks and it would it would make them look like they were in mourning and so this woman had 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 this tear bottle and he said this it kind of stuck out to me and said this woman when she came to Jesus she did not just bring the tears of the present. But she brought the tears of the past. She was crying tears of present pain. She was crying tears of present situations. She was crying tears of today. But also she looked back in the closet where she kept the tear bottles. And she got this one and she brought it to the feet of Jesus. And she says, I'm not just pouring out the present, but I'm pouring out the past. Every person in this place today has a tear bottle. You have it hid. You're like the man with the withered hand. You got it hid in your closet. 
You got it hid in your bedroom. You got it hid. Mama don't know about it. Daddy don't know about it. Your closest friends don't even know about it. But you know there's times that you go home by yourself. And you cry. And you're catching those tears in the tear bottle. Not literally. But spiritually. There are things that you have cried about in the middle of the night. Now I'm just about to start preaching. There is things that you've brought to God in the middle of the night. There's past problems. There's past failures. There's past situations. There's trouble that's come about you that you put it in a bottle. And you put it up where nobody could see it. There's been times you said, I'm putting it up for the last time. I'm never going back to get it again. But something else happens. And you find yourself sitting in the dark of night, catching the tears and putting them in your bottle. But I come to help somebody today. I come to preach to somebody today that it's time right now to bring not only the tears of the present, but it's time that you let go of your past. <laughs> it's time for somebody today to bring it to God and say, God, I don't want it in my bottle anymore. But God, I'm going to pour it out today at the altar. And you can put it in your bottle if you want to. But I don't want it with me anymore. Amen. There's some of you that have went home and cried bitter tears of pain because your feelings have been hurt. It's terrible to say this, but people's feelings get hurt at church. People get wrong at church. The place that it should be safe. The place that there should be no pain. The place that there should be no grief. The place that there should be no sorrow. There's people that's gotten hurt in an apostolic church. No, you didn't have to tell anybody. But you went home and sat by yourself. I didn't get invited to eat. I didn't get invited to go with the young people. They shunned me. They don't have anything to do with me. So I put them in my tear bottle. Amen. Can I tell you today that there is preacher's kids sitting under the sound of my voice that you have been hurt by saints of God in the church because you've watched what they did to your parents. You've watched how they've talked about and criticized your parents. You've seen the tears of your parents. But I come to preach to you today. It's time to let it go. It's time to let it go. It's time to pour it out. Amen. You went somewhere that you shouldn't have went. You know that you were wrong. You know that you did wrong. And you went home and you cried about it. And you wept about it. You got involved in a relationship that just went just a little too far. Young lady, the boy said he loved you. Now I'm going to get plain just for a minute right now. The boy said he loved you. He said he wanted to marry you. He said you're going to spend the rest of your life together. He lied to you to get what he wanted. And when you went home, you got in your room and you felt dirty and you felt pain. And you felt agony because you know you had sinned against yourself and against God. You know that you have messed up and you had been defiled. And you went to the closet and you said, I know, I know what's in here somewhere. Where did I said I wasn't going back, but but you dug through the stuff, you dug through the piles, and you got your tear bottle out. No, you can't talk to mama about it. You can't tell daddy about it. Oh, we're living in a real world right now. 
you might as well get real with your kids. There's things that's went on in their life that you don't know anything about. And you said you wasn't going back, but you went to the tear bottle. And you said, oh God, oh God, oh God. Instead of taking it to the feet of Jesus Christ that can wash away your yesterdays and wash away your pain and wash away your agony, you took it to the tear bottle and you put it in there and you hid it in the closet. I can't talk about it. I got it hid so it's like it never happened. But it always torments your spirit. talking to a young man that everybody said it was cool and everybody said oh if you're going to be a young man you got to experience this so you defiled yourself and when you come to worship you were like Achan and the pastor says come on worship God and pain And agony and sorrow sweeps over your soul. And here comes the tears again. But instead of going to the cross, instead of going, instead of going to the to the to the man that can wash them away. You go back to your tear bottle and you're looking for your tear bottle. Yeah, I'll put it here. Oh, there it is. I put it in here somewhere and you put it up. Mama don't know it. Daddy don't know it. Best friend don't know it. Talking to a young man that said, I looked at pornography for my last time. I got it right with God. I know, parents, your child wouldn't do it. Don't be so foolish. I looked at it for my last time. I'm not going to do it anymore. But then, in the middle of the night, that old spirit starts to rise up again. And before you know it, you're on the phone again typing and searching things that you shouldn't be searching and you feel dirty and you put it down say oh God I didn't mean to do that and you go and you get that tear bottle and you put it in that tear bottle and you say okay I'm not going to do it again but you still got the tears in your talking to somebody today no it wasn't your fault no you didn't have anything to do with it but some evil perverted person put their nasty crummy sickening hands on you and it left you with pain and it left you with grief And it left you feeling abused. It left you with sorrow. You say, oh man, you're off. No, I'm I'm on target today. There's somebody that's dealing with the past. Past pain. Bottles of past pain. And they say, it's because you did something. Let me tell you, young lady. Let me tell you, young man. If some filthy creep has molested you, it's not your fault. You don't be quiet about it. I don't care who they are. And the devil wants to condemn you and tell you how low down and dirty you are. No matter how much you pray, no matter how much you worship, the devil always brings up the past. I come to tell you today, God's about to break some chains. God's about to set free some captives. (laughs) 
because of this, you can be seated, because of this, because of what happened, because of what they did, your life is ruined, the devil says. Your life is shambles. You'll never have a, a good relationship. You'll never be able to get married. You'll never be able to raise a family. You'll never be able to be a godly person. I come to tell you that the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. God can still use you. God can still work through you. God can still make a vessel of honor out of your life. Pain, the pain of the past, the pain of the past. This woman, this woman comes into this room, into this Pharisee's house, and she falls down. They said in, in this time that they would sit with their feet behind them. She did not come to the front of him. But she come from behind him and she began to wash his feet. And she began to pour out the ointment from the alabaster box. And she began to wash her feet, his feet with her tears as she was crying. And they told him, said, if this man was a prophet... He would know what manner of woman this is. For this woman is a sinner. She shouldn't even be in my house. I'm angry about her being here. She don't deserve to be here. She should not be touching him. But what they did not realize that Jesus, friend of sinners. Jesus is a friend of those who have made past mistakes. Jesus is a friend of those who have failed. By the way, Jesus is the one that picks them up off a of rock bottom. Jesus is the one that can restore the brokenhearted. But in the midst of the crying, in the midst of washing his feet, in the midst of drying his, her, his feet with her hair. Nobody sees. But she pulls out something that she's had hid for the past 30 years. And she pours it out. She said, I've never done this before. But this is a bottle that I've had for a special moment. It's tormented me. It's tormented me at church. It's tormented me in worship. It's tormented me in prayer. It's tormented me in work. It's tormented me in relationships. It's tormented me in the youth group. It's tormented me on youth trips. It's tormented me in the middle of the night. It's tormented me every breath that I take. But today I'm pouring it out on the feet of Him that can wash away my pain, that can take away my suffering, that can take away my heartache, that can take away my grief I'm going to pour it out on the feet of Jesus the question is today are you sick and tired of carrying the past we talked about things that happened yesterday. We talked about things that happened 10 years ago. But this is a new decade. This is a new year. This is a new time. This is a new moment. I'm bringing it to the cross. I'm bringing it to the altar. I'm leaving it at this meeting. I'm not taking it back. I'm not taking it back. I'm getting washed and purified and made clean again. Bible said in Luke 7 and 48 and he said unto her Jesus goes into a story and he talks to them about whom much is given whom much is forgiven they love him much in fact he asked he asked Simon he said you know which one which one would love the most he said well I suppose it would be the one that's been forgiven the most he said you have rightly answered and he looks at this woman and said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. 
And he said unto the woman in verse number 50, Thy faith had saved thee. Go in peace. God is wanting you to pour out the bottle of the past. God is desiring you to wring out the bottle of the past. And when you pour out the bottle of the past, God is going to say, Thy faith has saved thee. Now you can go in peace. How many in this place today wants deliverance from the tormenting spirits of hell? How many wants deliverance from your past? Everybody in here has a past. I have a past. You have a past. Brother Shoemake has a past. Brother Calhoun, Brother Jackson, we all have a past. But you know what we've done with our past? Does the devil try to remind you of your past? Oh, yes, sir. Does the devil try to remind you of yesterday's? Oh, yes, sir. But you know what I did with my past? Amen. When I was about 18 years old, I brought my past to the altar. And I said, God, take it away. God, I don't want to go home with it anymore. I don't want to leave this house the same way I come in. Let's pray right now, everybody in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Touch from heaven right now, God. Come on, help me pray right now, church. Come on, lift up your voice. Lift up your voice as they come to the music. I'm just about ready to quit. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, 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 work right now, God. Work right now, God. Set free somebody in this house right now, God. Deliver some soul in this house right now. Deliver somebody in this service right now. God, set free the captive. I feel without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, I'd like to preach something more exciting. A shouting message. But I feel without a shadow of a doubt somebody's got some things in your bottle of pain. You got some things in your bottle of pain right now that's tormenting your mind. The accuser of the brethren the accuser. He's always accusing. He won't let you forget. He won't let you just let it go. You go to a Sunday night service and you pray and the Holy Ghost comes on you and you go back out the door and before you get out the door that stinking devil has attacked your mind again. Oh, yeah, it was good in there. It was good in there, wasn't it? You felt good in there. You just wait. You just wait. You just wait. It's going to hit you again. Oh, I'm still here. I'm still after you. I'm still coming for you. Remember what you did yesterday? And God knows. There's been times I went home and cried and said, God, you know my heart. Why do I still fight? Why do I still struggle? Why do I still have tears of pain, God? See, I look old today. And you think I'm a lot older than you and I've forgotten everything that you're going through. No, but I haven't forgotten. That's the reason why my heart breaks for young people. That's the reason why I pray with young people. That's the reason why I preach to young people. That's the reason why I pray that God would let me help some young person in this place today with all of the sin and vulgar filth 
that you have to put up with. It's a never-ending bombardment from hell. But greater, greater. I would say, I don't want to single anybody out today. But I just feel in the Holy Ghost. I just feel in the Holy Ghost. God, God is wanting to set somebody free right now. And I'm holding this bottle that's representing the tears of past pain. And I wonder, is there any young person in this place right now Now, I know it's easy to come when everybody else is coming. And I know it's easy to run to the altar when everybody else is doing. But you know what you're going through. You want to get this bottle? You want to get this bottle? Come on. You want it? You go pour it out. You pour it on the feet of Jesus right now. When you pour it out, you hand me that bottle back. This is a good young man right here. This is my man. Anybody else? Anybody else? Let me see it. Let me see it, Samuel. Anybody else? Anybody else? You don't want to go home with it? You don't want to go home with it? Anybody else? You want to take it and you want to pour it out on the feet of Jesus? Let me tell you, adults, something in this place. If we're not careful, we get sick and tired of praying and repenting and watching the same young people repent over and over and over again. We become like the Pharisee. These young people are dealing with stuff today. Hallelujah. 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 Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, work right now. Work right now, Holy Ghost. You got to make up in your mind, I'm not taking a drop of it back home. I'm not taking my hurt and my pain, my faults and my failures. It's a new decade. It's a new year. It's a new time. It's a new opportunity. I'm going to be different. Pour it out, young person. Pour it out to God. Pour it out to God. Tell God about it. Show it to Him. Pull out your faults. Pull out your failures.
your withered hand right now. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Work right now. Work right now, God. Work right now, God. Work right now, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' name.